I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And Chris Fedor is talking to us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Cavaliers two-game winning streak. Chris, got to like that. Back-to-back games, 2-1. and one. Donovan Mitchell fitting in nicely. All is well? Well, I mean, I don't know that all is well. Um, they're still without Darius Garland, and I think a big piece of how far this team can go this year is tied to how Darius and Donovan play together and how it's going to work with all five of their projected starters together because that's still a question that we have, right, especially with Karis LeVert at that starting small forward spot. So I don't know that all is well necessarily when your all-star point guard is wearing black-tinted sunglasses to protect his eyes. Um, but once he comes back and the Cavs figure out how to make it all work with all these different personalities and all these different talented players, and if they continue to play at the level that we've seen in the first three games, then I'll say all is well, yes. Chris covers the Cavs for the Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com. How are you, buddy? Good to have you with us. Doing great. How are you guys? We're doing well. I just went back. I did. I did the, the hard open, Andy, and then I went back for the nice greeting. Oh, I didn't realize that's all this. This is all we were doing right stuff there. Works. Sorry. I was just trying something, shaking it up a little, Chris. Right. Hey, every now and then you got to throw in a little bit. There of you go, Chris. When I saw him wearing sunglasses at the game, I'm like, man, that eye must be a lot worse than I think anybody imagines. That that, that can't be in good. Good. I, the fact that he was wearing the sunglasses inside, he's like, I, I can't believe he wants anybody to see what it looks like. What do you think? Yeah, it's nasty. It um, is nasty. Okay. From everything that, that I have heard and everything that, that I have seen briefly, it is nasty looking. Um, it was very, very swollen. It was essentially swollen shut the day after they played against the Toronto Raptors. Like Rocky uh, cut me kind of stuff, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a laceration on the inside <sighs> of, of the eyelid, very close to the bridge of the nose. Wow. Um, the good thing is that he didn't need surgery and there is no structural damage and when he is able to actually open up his eye and do a vision test, he's able to see. So those are good signs. It's just a matter of trying to get the swelling down. It's going to take some time. Um, And there's not a lot of treatment that you can do when your eyes completely swell shut, right? Like the only thing that he can do at this point in time is continue to use these eye drops that he's been given. Um, I talked to a source the other night that said the target date for Darius to play again is Friday in Boston. Um, but if it doesn't happen Friday in Boston, then they're looking at the, the New York game on Sunday. And you don't mess with an eye. We, we all no. know that. So. And you don't need to rush this either. No. This is, it's October, right? Davey Bickerstaff said about two weeks ago 
that the Cavs aren't trying to be at their best in October. Like, this is a different kind of feel around this team where they have legitimate playoff aspirations and they're trying to stage out the season where they're at their best at the end of the season, not at the beginning of the season. So if that means that Darius has to miss two more games or three more games or four more games, it doesn't matter because it's so early in the season um, that you just don't have to mess with this kind of thing. And Chris, it's so early in the season that I'm looking at things that are going on and I'm thinking, don't even consider that. So this right. is this is what I'm dismissing. I'm dismissing that Donovan Mitchell is averaging more shots per game than LeBron averaged in any season but one in his NBA career. He's taking 23 shots per game. I don't expect him to, to average 30-some points a game although he's you know mid-20s, he's that kind of a guy. But riddle me this one. Has he had to, with Darius out, take on that much of the scoring burden? And if so, is that a problem? I, I'm waiting for Evan Mobley to kind of get more comfortable or whatever with Donovan. It, it, the only thing that's concerned me has been, okay, Donovan's been terrific, but where's everybody else coming along other than Jetty, who's looked really good off the bench? I don't think it's a problem because I don't think it's something that is going to be a problem when this team looks the way that the Cavs planned on it looking. Um, You know what I mean? Like, yes, part of this has to do with the fact that it's early in the season. Um, Part of this has to do with the fact that the Cavs are still trying to figure this out. They're trying to figure out their rotations. They're trying to figure out their lineup combinations. They're trying to figure out the system with Donovan Mitchell involved in it. And it's not like these guys played together in the preseason. Um, Evan Mobley was hurt. You know, Darius Garland took some time off. Um, Donovan Mitchell took some time off. Uh, Karis LeVert was in and out of the lineup. So, like, a lot of this stuff that sometimes teams work through in training camp and the preseason, the Cavs are going to be working through this in the regular season. But the first part of the question, I do think he's had to do this. You know, um, this kind of situation that the Cavs are in playing without Darius for this stretch currently, um, it's, it's not ideal, but it allows Donovan to be the Donovan from the Utah Jazz, where he's very comfortable in that ball-dominant role, that facilitator role, that high-pick-and-roll um, um, set that, that he used to run with Rudy Gobert. So this has allowed Donovan to be comfortable um, and it's also allowed the Cavs to, to – when they did not have Darius last year and, and Colin Sexton was also out and Ricky Rubio was also out, the Cavs completely floundered. They, they, they were not the same team. Um, they were outscored by 9.3 points per 100 possessions with Darius off the court last year. But that's a ridiculous amount. They couldn't function offensively. So because they have somebody like Donovan, they're able to get through this stretch this year in a way that they couldn't last year. Um, and, and I think when Darius is out, this is the kind of role that Donovan has to take on for this kind of team. Because Evan Mobley's not a ball-dominant player. Jared Allen's not a ball-dominant player. Like Those guys fit well when everything's clicking and everybody's together. But on an individual standpoint, like the only person that can do what Donovan is currently doing for this team in the absence of Darius is Donovan. So he's going to be the guy that's going to take all these shots. 
Um, what do you think of just his overall attitude? Like, I was kind of impressed with what he said post game the other day, just about being here and feeling that electricity and the excitement of being here. What was it at 16? He was here as a fan. That he he liked it. Like the, just the whole transition, especially knowing that he you know he probably thought he was going to New York at one point during the off season. How was how was that like the mental transition going for him as far as you can see? I talked to somebody very close to Donovan in early September, shortly after the trade, guys. And the one thing that stood out to me was just how rejuvenated he was by this situation. Um, I think being in Utah, so much of what they had to do was on him. Off the court, on the court. It was a big responsibility. And the person that I talked to that was close to Donovan said that he was exhausted. He was mentally and physically exhausted by the kind of toll um, that was required of him for Utah to be great. And I think coming here, he saw Evan Mobley, he saw Darius Garland, he saw this really talented basketball team where he didn't have to do everything. Now, again, that situation has changed temporarily because Darius has been out and a lot has fallen on Donovan here. But when the Cavs are all together, when this vision comes together, Donovan doesn't have to be Mr. Everything. He doesn't have to be the franchise uplifter. Like, yes, he's very, very important to their success. There's no doubt about it. And, yes, the Cavs have big expectations for Donovan, but he just doesn't have to have the same level of responsibility that he had in Utah, which wore him out by the end of his five years. I also think there was a lot of stuff between him and Rudy, him and the organization, whether or not that organization had reached its ceiling. Like, all that kind of stuff weared on him. It seemed like LeBron at the end of his most recent Cavs tenure, where he was just exhausted. Chris Fedor joining us. Covers the Cavaliers for the Plain Dealer in Cleveland.com. Karis Levert's been at small forward. Isaac Okoro had a little bit of a shot there. Mm. Are, are you concerned about the position, and do the Cavs need to find somebody not on this roster to be their small forward? Yeah, I mean – that, that continues to be the weak point of this roster. I think we can all see it, right? Yep. And guys, the Cavs see it too. They understand that starting Karis LaVert at small forward in the NBA is probably not ideal for a team that wants to compete with Boston and Milwaukee and Philadelphia and Brooklyn and some of these other teams, Miami, in the Eastern Conference. You know what I mean? Um, but for now, Karis is the best option that they have. Isaac is not right? Jetty Osman is not because we've seen him go up and down, roller coaster. Um, and I think the role that the Cavs are actually using him in now is, is giving Jetty a lot of freedom. It's giving him a lot of confidence. And I don't think you want to start yo-yoing him and mess with that sort of thing. Um, so I think the Cavs will continue to explore options to upgrade the small forward spot. I think they'll continue to look around the NBA, see who becomes available, um, but the truth is, like this past off season, there wasn't the ideal target for them to bring in a new small forward and say, okay, this guy is clearly better than what we already have on the roster. You know what I mean? Like if there was that standout small forward right. that was clearly a better option than Karis LeVert, then the Cavs definitely would have explored it. But like, who is that? I mean, Jay Crowder, okay, like, yeah, he can knock down threes and he's playoff tested and he's tough and he's physical, but is he clearly a better option for what this team needs from the small forward spot 
than Karis LeVert enough where you're going to have to give up something of value to get him. I don't know that you can make that argument. That's the other thing that the Cavs have to consider when it comes to upgrading the small forward. One, they're very, very close to the luxury tax. Guys, we've talked about that, and they're not willing to go into the luxury tax. And two, they don't have a lot of trade assets remaining at this point in time because, um, you know, they used a lot of them in order to get somebody like Donovan Mitchell. Hey, just we were talking about it for a second. Adam Silver was talking to Phoenix, and he just brought up, and he, he said, I, he said, you know, at the end it didn't sound like he'd be serious, but just having some kind of NBA relegation to fix tanking. Just, I'm just curious. When you heard the story, what'd you think? I don't think there's a way that, like, I understand what Adam Silver and some of these other commissioners are doing when they don't want tanking in the league. Right? They want competitive games, and they don't want it broadcast that some of these bottom tier teams aren't interested in winning. But I just don't know why you would penalize a team for for them doing what they think is best for their organization to be successful again eventually. You know what I mean? Like, I think you put that in the responsibility of that GM, of that organization. And if that organization says, we suck, we need to lose for a better draft pick so that we can eventually become good, like, why is that a bad strategy? Like, I get it. It doesn't always work. Rebuilds don't always have success. Ask the Sacramento Kings, ask the Orlando Magic, ask some of the other teams in the NBA that have been trying to rebuild and haven't gotten to the point where it seems like the Cavs have gotten to. But tanking, to me, is an effective strategy to get the kind of talent on your roster that you need in order to one day be competitive. Because if you don't tank, what is the other option? If you're a bad team and you don't have those kinds of players and you don't tank, what is the other option? Well, there isn't. I, I don't know. I'm just the only thing that that's kind of up there is the gambling part of this, and that's why I think that he's got to walk the fine line on what he's saying. That's why. Sure, and and yeah. he has to handle it that kind of. He can't sit there and say tanking is good for the NBA. I embrace the strategy. <laughs> yeah, that'd be bad. Chris, thank you, buddy. Thanks, Always man. a pleasure. Yep, you got a guess. Chris Fedor, read his work covering the Cavaliers, the Plain Dealer, and Cleveland.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.